Good afternoon, good afternoon. It's Sir Colin Campbell here and Gary A. McGowan, and you're tuned into the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast. Before we get into today's program and all the exciting things that we're going to be talking about, here's a word from one of our sponsors. This is Dion Begg from Bud Mortgage. For the past 15 years, I've helped families answer the big three financial questions. How do I pay off my home faster, pay for kids' education, and build wealth for retirement? We answer these questions through helping plan and fund significant investment property portfolios. If you're a first-time buyer or buying your first or 10th investment property, please reach out for a free consultation so we can ensure you build the best portfolio possible. Search for mortgagesbydion.com or call me at 800 518 there we have it my friends there we have it yes yes pretty excited um i think we're live here here we go here we go the computer's just catching up to our brains apparently (laughs) (laughs) colin this is a different show than what we've normally done yes absolutely um usually we will have a guest sit in the hot seat today uh but today we've uh, decided that part of our program we're going to be touching on the toronto real estate market we just sorry Dion is calling in now. Yeah, Dion's calling. <laughs> Apparently, he doesn't know Showtime. <laughs> yeah, we've just decided that we're going to be touching on the Toronto Real Estate Board, uh, how the how inventory is doing, what are sales like, is the market up, is it down, is it sideways, what is happening. So we're going to just be delving deep into this so that we can really understand what is happening in the market today. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are happening and and uh, some of the other cool things we're going to be doing is talking about some of our favorite guests that we've had on the show and yes. some of the things that I've learned, some of the things that you learned. Absolutely. By the way, that's a beautiful white t-shirt you have on. So do you. <laughs> <laughs> Black. So we finally got the colors right on the shirt. So yes. there we go. Thanks to everyone that uh, chipped in and chimed in to help us out with the t-shirt. Yes. Getting, getting swag is a big deal yes, around here. Yes. <laughs> we like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look at this. We've got uh, Kayla. Um, you guys are the best. I know. She liked it so much that she wrote it three times. I could just keep three different posts on Oh, here. sweet. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's I how, like that. Yeah, yeah. I was telling Kayla earlier that uh, this has to be one of the hottest days of the year. Yeah, it's funny because what is this? Like 24 degrees today, right? And it's... Hmm. Which is like what eighty eight? Yeah. I don't know for for those south of the border. Wow, like you're right. I don't know. I'm making that up. It's hot. It's, <laughs> it's a good hot. one today. It's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. So we've had a lot of guests on in the past, and and as I said, we're gonna dive into some of the things that we've learned. Yes, uh, by having them on, and we've had some of the top top producers from a realtor side of things in in uh, in Ontario and Canada, and then also we've had some amazing real estate investors uh, talk to us about why they do what they do, how they do what they do, and more importantly, like who that affects. Absolutely. Right? And it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, a couple of things that have come in over the last, um, while we've been doing the podcast, is a lot of questions. Yes. Lots and lots of questions. And and whether that's just people in passing or, or all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah, now Kayla's talking about she doesn't speak in... Um, Celsius. Yeah. <laughs> Google is your friend, Kayla. That's right. I could say something. I don't speak in American, but I won't say that. So I, I forget it. I, I didn't say that. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. But I'm going to throw up a few questions here and we're just going to talk about them. And I, I know in some of them, we might have different opinions on them, but it, really there's no right or wrong answer. It's just whatever works best for you. Absolutely. Right. And, uh, and, and so the first one here is uh, something quite easy and we're just going to, it's not easy. But it's, it's the start of it. So the first question that we have here is, you know, are sales up or down in your market? 
So we work similar markets, but kind of different locations. They overlap a little bit. Yes. So for the most part, geographically, uh, we are both north of Toronto. I, I geographically kind of work the Stovall Markham area. You're more Aurora Newmarket New area, Correct. even though they overlap a little bit. But our sales up or down in your area? And and if sorry, before you answer that question, don't answer. Uh, <laughs> if you're online watching us at the moment, I want to know that answer wherever you guys happen to be. I want to know if the sales are up or down. And and uh, in a moment here, I've got some stats on the Toronto Real Estate Board that I'm going to bring out. But um, I. I want to know uh, from you, Colin, what are you seeing right now? Right now, uh, sales are down in, uh, I would say, more the York region area, Aurora, New Market, Bradford area. That's what we're seeing. Just uh, based on the research that I've done, we're seeing sales are down currently. Yeah. 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 What are, what are, does it say the same in the areas that you're covering? Yeah, for sure. That's, that's the easy answer. There's more to it than that. Um, you know, we, we work in different pockets. Yes. Stovall being our home base, though, its sales are definitely definitely down there. Yes. And uh, in Markham, they're down. Now, they're also down uh, by specific price points. Correct. Um, you know, we did a report for one of our clients the other day, and we were looking at homes price kind of over that $1.5 million mark, and they are significantly down. And it's funny because you say it's significantly down um, for 1.5 and over. Well, we're seeing, you're even seeing a struggle for anything over a million, to be quite honest. Anything yeah. over a million, it's taking much longer. If you have those tongue homes uh, priced anywhere within the 600, 700 range, that is going fast, right? Because it, it, it's, there isn't a lot to compete with that, and that is a price bracket that is so comfortable with with a lot of people who are looking to get into the market right now. Yeah, and I think every market has that sweet spot. The sweet spot, and yeah. our sweet spot in Soville, for instance, is one point two. Anything above that, really, is, is taking a while. Everything below that, okay, you're giving yourself an opportunity. In Markham, it's probably slightly, probably at about one point. Two five one point three. So obviously it depends on where you are. That's why it's so important to know your local market and, and incredibly important. So you asked me uh, before we went on air, what stats could we bring up? And you know, I love stats. <laughs> no, it's true. I do like uh, putting together stats and, and you said, well, can you dive into the Toronto real estate board? So here's the Toronto real estate board. Um, yeah, it's there. You just can't see it. I hit the wrong button. That's okay. So we're going to do something like this. And these are the historical stats uh, year over year. So the first thing that I want everyone to kind of take a peek on uh, right here is the number of sales. So I think I can make this bigger. Oh, yeah, here we go. Here we go. So these are the number of sales. And this is dating back to 2016. We had a significant number of sales. Um, 27, and to, so this is uh, this is just York. You know what? Let's look at all of Toronto here. Because that's 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 kind of the big picture. Then we dive down into yes. into some of the other um, uh, locales here. So look at this. So everyone see this this chart right here. I know um, it's tough to see all the markets. That's all the that's all of Toronto Real Estate Board, uh, the largest real estate board in the world. Yes. Um, and a few years ago, we had 113,000 reported sales, which was record breaking. Uh, that was 2016, and then 2017 or sorry 2019. You can see how drastically it's dropped. Like drastically. Wow. So 
So people are saying, how come my home isn't selling? Well, you're, you're one of many. Yes. That hasn't sold. And, and the other piece of that though is, okay, what's our average pricing? So if the height of it was the middle end of 2016, sorry, uh, you can see that we trailed off a little bit and then it's just creeping back up on an average. Yes. Right. But do bear in mind, this is all of the Toronto estate board stats. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you and I both trade in York region. So let's pull up York. So York region, if if you're in the States, that would be like a big county. Uh, York region has a, about, uh, how many people are living in York region? Is it 1.5 million? I think it isn't more than that. It could be. It's, it's, it's in the millions for sure. Yeah. It's a big number. But here's, here's the chart I want everyone to look at. And if you're listening on the podcast, tough to look at. So sorry for you. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. We will be very descriptive. (laughs) We're going to be very descriptive of it so that you can create that mental picture. Yeah. So that's a long applause. Yeah. Thank you. I'm not that good. Um, 20 in, in 2016 for York region, we had about uh, 23,000 sales and, and now we're kind of getting it down uh, to about 10,000 at best. Wow. At best. So by the end of the year, we should get just over 10,000 sales and that is a huge drop. And if you recall what we were just looking at on, on the Toronto side, the average price is about almost back up, but in York region, look at that Colin. Um, the height, of course, was in 2016, and it's pretty flat now. It's it's dropped down a couple of hundred thousand, and now flat for the last year. So Toronto's up, but York Region's down. G- give me some points on why that would be. Um, and it's funny because, like you said, mo- we trade a lot in York Region, and that's what we're getting from a lot of our clients. You know our market is down. We're starting to see Durham, they're picking up, uh, actually they're breaking even as well. And over the last years, uh, before the peak of the market in 2016, 2017, um, York region was increasing the fastest. We were increasing on average, all of York region on average about 20 points, 20% uh, a year where the average uh, region or were trailing anywhere from eight to 10 points a year. So we were growing much faster than the rest of Ontario. So with that, it's gonna take us much longer to catch up. And there's that they're saying, the, har- the higher you climb, the harder you. Yeah. Fall. Yes. <laughs> that's so like, that's falling. <laughs> that's you falling? That's, that's, that's somebody falling. Yeah. 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 So there you go. Yeah. Um, so, you know, York is one of it, but let's, let's look at a couple other... Uh, let's look at Durham. Let's see what, what is going on in that region there. So Durham, just takes a moment for the chart to, to update. So this is, you know, this is live uh, as it stands right now. So again, the number of sales are drastic down from a couple of years ago. Uh, that's, that's kind of across the board. Average price is creeping back up, though. It's probably just shy of where it was average uh, from a couple of years ago. And new listings are way down. Something that we haven't really pointed out here, though, is uh, the days on market. And uh, I, I use the strategy. I know you you use a strategy, and so do a lot of other agencies. Now we're starting to just uh, relist properties. 
instead of just changing the price, we'll relist Cancel it. Cancel and relist it. Cancel and relist it. And, and really what that does is set that listing back out there to kind of refresh the numbers and refresh everything. But what it does on the unfortunate side sometimes is reset the number of days on market that it sets. So if you're not doing homework and checking out, uh, it can really skew the numbers. So now I don't even look at that. No. Um, in fact, Treb added a really neat feature where you can actually pull up all the previous listings on a on a on a on a property uh, with a click of a button. It used to be pretty hard to do that. Um, yeah, so you know we use we use these stats with our clients, and I know you do uh, every day. Yes. Uh, Christina Clement that was here last week. So if we're not educating our clients with this stuff, then yes. how will we dissect that expectation, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And for us, this is something that we look at uh, every day because with the way the market is changing and the way the market is shifting, it's very, it's, you need to know where you're at at any given moment. Right, right. Yeah, you do. You do. So, um, so hopefully that, that, um, that answers that question of where the market is up or down. Yeah. It's, it's down. (laughs) That's what we're seeing. I mean, we laugh at it, but, um, it, it truly is down. And, and for some, that's, that's a real, uh, obstacle. Yeah. Uh, especially if you bought at the height of the market and you're looking to exit a property that, that can be tough. Um, but if you're not educating yourself, uh, then then you're you're really out to lunch. Right? But at the same time, you say that we we say and we know it's down. There are a lot of opportunities available in the market right now. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, because this right. is you know it might sound doom and gloom, uh, but if you're a buyer, oh my god. <laughs> like I know Andrew who was sitting here last a uh, couple of weeks ago said like this is a buying opportunity. Absolutely. It? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, so that's that question. Next question that uh, that keeps coming in is is this: Are buyers sitting on the fence? Well, there are options now. Yeah, and that's what we're seeing. There are lots of options out there, and it's who is willing to sell for less. Yeah, for sure. Because we sure. might have five homes listed at five hundred thousand, but home number three might be willing to take four forty or four twenty. So they're, they're, that's what we're seeing in this market right now. Yeah, yeah. And we see the buyers, they have a lot of power. So, you know, are they sitting on the fence? Generally, yes. But now when we have a motivated buyer, then is when we need to, you know, we can really um, pick up on a lot of opportunities out there because they're motivated, they're qualified, they're ready to shop now. Okay, what is the best options out there for for their needs? Yeah, and that's and and Adam is agreeing. He's seeing it down in the 905 for sure, as as we were just saying. Uh, It allows buyers also to be more creative. Yes. Um, Yeah, okay, perhaps the comment is the power is in your hands, but, but use your creativity. We did an offer last week. We were in multiples by the time we got it together. However, imagine that we're in multiple offers. That's because this was a, a really unique property and it's going to be tough for them to sell. So they either somebody had to come with a full cash offer of over a million dollars or get creative. So you know what we did? What did you do? We asked for a vendor take back. Brilliant. They can't exit the property without a, without cash in hand. Yes. So why not have them finance it? Absolutely. Right? So this is, this is an opportunity where buyers can be creative. And as agents see more and more of this stuff, because as we represent buyers, what do we also represent? 
sellers. Of course. Right? And, of course. and we're going to get creative on, on the seller side for sure. Absolutely. So yeah, they're sitting on the fence and it's just, you know, and part of that is because of the mortgage stress test and the unknowing or the uncertainty of, of interest rates to, to the market, to, to everything. But here's what, here's what happens. Life still happens. Jobs still change, careers still move, uh, you still move up and move down, families get bigger, they get smaller. So even though we- Life events will still happen, right? Exactly. So people still have to buy, people still have to sell. Um, Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's our jobs to make that happen for them. Yeah. So here's here's another question that we get coming in uh, quite often is, is this one. How many deals does an average realtor do? So if you're watching right now, uh, post poster in, in the comments. I, I'd actually like to see that. Uh, we do have the stats, and maybe we'll come back to that. I'll leave that up for a few minutes. Uh, how many realtors does an average realtor do? So post How many that. deals does an average realtor do? Yeah. And, and it's funny because is there average? There are 53,000 agents on the Toronto Real Estate Board. What is average? Yeah. So let's, let's quantify those numbers. So in two, 2016, we had a record-breaking year of 113,000 uh, sold properties. Yes. And there's how many agents on? 53,000. 53,000. The math all of a sudden just doesn't work. That's right. So right? everyone knows an agent. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Everyone knows an agent. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Post in the comments if you if you want to take a guess at it. But um, here, here's what here's what we've got. Uh, I've got the slide up here. Here we go. I just got to look for it. Here's uh, this is information from uh, Red Adam, uh, January 1st, 2018 to December 31st, 2018. And these are the stats. So as Colin just mentioned, there's 53,000 re- uh, licensed realtors of which zero deals, uh, 20,000 of those agents did zero deals. That's okay. so now 20,000 of those agents did zero deals. Are we saying these agents are part-timers? They just got into the business to hold a license. Help me understand that. Yeah. So let's, let's quali- qualify this a little bit. So yes, there's that there's, there's agents thinking or, or, or perhaps even newer agents thinking, wow, I want to transact on a million dollar property and make $25,000. That sounds pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, that's not even happening. That's not even happening. Uh, so we got people commenting on here yes. and I, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> the next piece is though, and let's call it what it is. There are, there are some, some agents that are on teams Yes, and we're seeing more and more of that. So sometimes that particular agent doesn't get credited for, for the transaction as opposed to say the team leader does. Okay, good. So I want to qualify that a little bit. I just don't want to pull the wool over people's eyes. However, uh, this is how most agents will view their business. Absolutely. And and just kind of going down, even if you did one, even one to six. So is there a difference between one deal and six deals? <laughs> what is the difference? Well, about 600%, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, that's a, that is a huge difference. And, and that's... Pr- Almost half of the agents did that. Wow. 47%. Almost half of the agents did six deals or, or less. Six deals or less. Right. And then you can kind of go through there. And then you or I are at the bottom of that. And and on one hand, you're like, well, that's not very hard to get to the top or to the bottom of this yeah. list where you, where you really want to be. Yeah. But you just look at the amount of um, like competition. You look at the amount of deals that are that are declining every year, and and how to keep that up. So when you first saw this, what were your thoughts? 
Um, right away, I went. Uh, I went to the fact of okay, twenty thousand agents did zero deals. How are they feeding their family? How are they feeding their family? Yeah. So most likely, are they part-time agents that are, this is just so that I can sell to friends and family. And in 2018, I had no friends or family that were selling. Mm-hmm. So that's one one direction in which my mind went. Yeah. And the second is, if they there's zero money in the bank, it means there's no lead generation happening. Because the formula that I work with is lead generation gives you lead follow-ups. Lead follow-ups give you appointments. Appointment gives you contracts and contracts give you, you know, money in the bank. So there's no money in the bank. It simply means that you didn't have enough contracts to work with. Not enough contracts to work with. It means you didn't have enough appointments to go on. You didn't have enough appointments to go on. You didn't have enough lead follow-ups. You didn't have enough lead follow-ups. You didn't lead generate. So that's where my mind went. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, I I apologize. Not all the comments are coming through my particular feed here, but I'm just checking them on my phone. So I have a phone here, wherever that is. And uh, and Rick, who's down in um, uh, Redondo Beach in California, is is saying the same thing. Slight. Uh, sales are slightly down in his area yeah, and uh, prices are slightly down too. So usually that goes hand in hand. Absolutely. Right? Usually it goes hand in hand. So I uh, appreciate that, Rick, for, for chiming in. See, this this podcast goes from, from coast to coast, from nation, nation to nation. Nationwide, yes. There's a wrap there, but I, I can't pull it out. I don't, I, I don't know. Um, I'm a white guy in a black t-shirt. <laughs> you can rap. Don't worry. I'm in it. No. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Um, okay, so so I think we kind of beat that one. Uh, uh, but here's the thing, though, is, and let's circle back to then we'll wrap this piece of the segment up, is is if you work with whomever you feel most comfortable with if you're a buyer or seller. Of course. Obviously. At the end of the day, though, I want to be asking them, okay, number of deals, does that reflect on the, the, the type of service I'm going to get? Sometimes it does. Sometimes you can align with agents that are a part of a bigger team as mm-hmm. well, right? Mm-hmm. However, the, the real catch-22 here is if, this is if they're only doing a couple of deals a year, how quickly are they able to provide you with another quality of service or that same level of service that an agent that's doing much more deals and has that experience? Or does that change the way that they look at their own commission as well? Mm. So I don't want to get into a commission talk, but uh, they will have to. Because yeah, it's right. important, right? A commission, as well, Christina said, not a lot of people are willing to have I, that conversation. I would prefer compensation talk. Compensation, I like it. Yes, you, yes. we do get paid for for the value that we bring to the table. Absolutely, yeah, for Absolutely. sure, for sure. Okay, so uh, next question here is um, is this one here? Uh, is Toronto or the GTA in a shady market? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, see, si, Senor. <laughs> we, 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 we. Uh, yes, yes, uh, definitely in a shifting market. Andrew yeah. commented on something here. Yeah, I, this is important. I got to put this on the uh, on the feed. Um, the Andrew, uh, the answer is yes, Andrew. <laughs> yes, Andrew, who was a guest on our show last week, uh, is starting to learn our routine. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but in a, yes, are we in a shifting market? Uh, the numbers would say yes. Yeah. And, um, I think it's, I, I think 
seller's mentality hasn't caught up to that. What do you think? Um, yes, because a lot of sellers are still caught up with my neighbor sold for this how many years ago. I'm not selling until the market is back to this. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. means when you buy, you're still yeah. buying at the height of the market, right? For sure. For sure. I'll see you there, Andrew. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. The uh, There's a chart that I share with when we're doing our listing presentations, and I know you do something similar. Um, when we start looking at the comparables, before we get to the comparables, we do the market stats. We set of a course. baseline. Yes. And, and I hold up a sheet like this and picture a bar graph, and all of a sudden, there's one bar that's way up here, and then everything else is kind of normal. Yes. And that's that's basically 2016. If we take 2016 out of the picture... We're still on the incline. We're still typically on a nice incline. Uh, in the in Durham here, it's... it's or sorry, Durham. York in York region, region it's, it's plateaued a little bit. Yeah. However, it's... It's nice to see. So it's just that visual uh, helps our sellers out immensely. Absolutely. What else? You, what other questions? Yeah, yeah. Let's us? go through. So I think the next next one is probably one of the most important questions that we get asked or that is being asked. And and quite frankly, I don't know if I know the answer, but it's important. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Will Kawhi Leonard stay on the Raptors? Yeah, man. So if you think he's going to be staying, uh, definitely like, share this post right here. What are uh, your thoughts on that? You know... So you know me, I, I love the Raptors. I love Kawhi. Always have loved Kawhi. I didn't. I don't really get the way his mind works because I'm such. But well, he's op- a fun guy. He is a fun guy. <laughs> he's so a fun that's guy. where he and I might be similar. That's right. Yeah. Uh huh. Because um, I'm 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 the exact opposite. I feel of him. Because, you know, when I'm playing soccer or when I'm doing something, like I want to celebrate that yeah. openly. And he's so calm, cool, and collected. But the reason he said that is because he's already experienced that in his mind. Dang. So all that. the wins, he's already experienced it. The first celebration we saw from Kawhi was when he hit that uh, goal buzzer. Yeah, the corner three, squatting yeah, down. The corner you know. three. Because... He never saw that happening. And that is why the celebration was so big. Yeah. And obviously for winning winning it all is is a reason to celebrate. Yeah. So I think I think the media's done a good job of setting us up for yes and no. Surprisingly. Yeah. Media's not always good at that. And I guess in this realm we are part of that media. However, you know, my my heart says, oh, dude, just stay. Like, I want to celebrate this Why again. would he stay? Why would he stay is, okay, so he had issues from from San Antonio Health Department, or Health Department, like their, their training the staff and yes. the team and the management and the leadership. Yes. He came here. Uh, he was embraced. He was given the freedom that he needed, so we're told. Uh, he's got uh, confidence in that training facility. He's got confidence in the leadership. He's got confidence in the city. Uh, it was funny. I saw a picture the other day, and this has everything to do with real estate. Um, no, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, the the Los Angeles Clippers are putting up billboards. You know, come to come to L.A. play play for us. Yeah. And then somebody put up, yeah, that's cute. And then there's a selfie of Kawhi in front of like tens of thousands of people celebrating with the trophy. Oh, you can't beat that. You can't beat that. So I I I want him to stay. I hope he stays. And and I think that would just be amazing. I I'm sorry. <clears throat> I said this at our real estate investment uh, meeting a few weeks ago when the, when the Raptors were still in the playoffs, yeah. when it was still happening. 
it's so good for the city. It's good for the city. Um, it does a lot for the city. It continues to, um, you know, put us on the map. Um, obviously, it's going to help in our condo industry as well. So just bringing it back to real estate, basketball and us winning the the NBA Finals does a lot for our economy as well. Oh, tremendously. Could you, it, does, it does so much. Um Second note, my I think the MVP for all of this, it should go to Usai Majuri. Oh, yeah. Uh, he took... Only recently I really started studying and looking at every speech that he's made because it, it was so such a brilliant move for him to bring Kawhi to Toronto. It, it's gutsy. You, first off, you fire your coach of the year... Then you get rid of your best player to bring a, a player that is injured. Uh, that is someone who is a visionary. And I, I've just really started delving deep into what he's been doing with him as a leader. So, Simon Jury, if you're listening out there, we would like to have you on the podcast. Well, you assume if. <laughs> oh, he is. He is. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right there. Okay, so moving right along. Yeah. Another question. Uh, this one's interesting. Should I lower the list price of... I, I, I type that in right. Should I lower the list price or offer an incentive to sell faster? I should say or. What do you think? Um, offer an incentive. Yeah. Offer an incentive. So this is for a listing that's been up for a while. You're trying to be creative here. And a listing that has been up for a while. Let's first, let's cancel, relist the listing. Okay. Let's bring it back fresh. Let's change the photos. Let's create a new look, a sunset team, something of the sort, maybe new photos at night. And offer an incentive, a couple thousand dollars to, you know, if it's sold before, before X date. Yeah. I think I would look at the different approach here. Is it, I think I would talk to our sellers and say, you know what? No, let's lower that price. And I, and I only say that because most buyers are online looking at realtor.ca or yep. house Sigma, whatever they're using, right? Who cares what they're using? They don't get to see what commissions or incentives are being offered. Nope. Right. Cause that's typically in the broker's notes. Yes. But they will see a price. Of course. And they, and, and I think I, I'll be honest, most agents don't give their buyers enough credit. Yep. They know the market almost as well, or they know the, the pricing as, as, well. as well as you do. Of course. Meaning they know that that house was listed for a million bucks for four months and all of a sudden it went down to 979 because yep. they've been watching it. Yep. We may not because we're only, fo- we're focused on thousands of, of, you know, homes sometimes Yes, and they're focused on maybe five. Yep. They can keep that five in their head. So to me, that's uh, perhaps that's why I would drop the price now. Yeah. But there's no, uh, um, and there's no right or wrong. So why don't we do both? Drop the price and offer an incentive. Okay. Yeah, I'm Done. good with that. <laughs> so that answers that question. That answers what next do you question. have for us? Yeah, yeah, next. It's a good question, though, because this is where, you know, uh, I think listing agents and more importantly, sellers need to start thinking creatively and, and outside of the Well, box, definitely right? we need to be more creative in a market because we're in a market where it's taking much longer for properties to sell. How do we stand out from the crowd? Uh, in most cases, it might be price. What else can we do to stand out from that crowd? 
right? There are five other homes that are exactly just like ours and within the same price point of three to $5,000. What are we doing as agents to separate ourselves from that pack, right? That is why our clients are hiring us to get the home sold, Yeah. period. Yeah. All right? Yeah, that's interesting. So what does that conversation look like? Are you having that conversation with your sellers? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And are they offering suggestions? Um, it's also getting our clients' input, Yeah. right? Um, here, based on my experience, we've done this, 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 and this, and it's work. Uh, is there anything that we haven't mentioned that you would like to do? Yeah. Or yeah. you've thought of, Yeah. right? We totally admit that we don't know it all. Right, and it would be arrogant on our part to come in and assume we knew it all. Yeah, right. There's some brilliant and ideas. That, that's a, that's an interesting comment and one that kind of hits home. You know, I've shared with you offline. You know, I'll be vulnerable here for a moment. We've had clients say to us recently, "There's probably other things you can be doing, or perhaps you know, it feels like you're learning your marketing piece on this." When when in actual fact. We are always, always learning, learning. Like it's an evolving marketing um, realm. Like it just doesn't, you just don't put up a for sale sign and, you know, fold up your arms and go sit on the, on the rocking chair anymore. Right. Like that just doesn't happen. And don't forget the market has changed so much because I would say, when was the last time we've experienced a shift like this? Yeah, 2007, 2008. No, 2007, 2008, we weren't disaffected no, by it. No, true enough. Right? Yeah. That was more the US. We weren't affected by it. We're seeing a huge decline in prices. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. the last uh, maybe 89? Yeah. Right? And, and I'll, I'll tell you something. I wasn't licensed then. No, neither was no, I. I. I just finished high school. <laughs> I was as I actually skiing out west. It yes. was the, probably the, some of the coolest years of my life. So there you go. So um, a lot of agents have not experienced a shift in market like this before. Mm -hmm. And the ones who have, maybe they've forgotten about it. So yes, we're going to try different things, but the goal ultimately is to get your home sold. And in cases we're going to have to try, um, we're going to have to utilize more options. Yeah. And what's Gary Keller saying in the shifting market? Do you remember, did you know where I'm going with this? Read the book. Okay. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's the easy answer. Yeah. Uh, in a shifting market, that's where you take market share because on the Absolutely. way back up, you're just going to blow it out of the water. Absolutely. Right, and in right, a shifting right. market as well, the work that we're doing, we have to do double the work to pretty much get the same result. Yeah, yeah. However, so, it comes back to when we when the market increases, we're gonna increase market share. Right, so Adam's got a good question here and, and one that we get quite often. Uh, what's your opinion, guys? List in September or wait till spring 2020 for York Region? What is the motivation? Good question. A, a good question is always followed up with a good question. What is the motivation, yeah. Adam? Yeah, so let's let's just assume that he's got a choice to sell uh, his big family home and downsize. Let's let's kind of go from from that realm um, and go at it from that 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 side of it. Um, do you want me to answer? Sure. Uh, my my response to that would be, I only know what's available today. Yeah, I cannot see into the future. Who knows? Next spring, the market can drop another 20 points or it can increase another 50 points. I don't know. However, I only know what's available today. Yeah. And based on your motivation and so on, we're going to look at both and say, do you want to take that risk and wait uh, June of um, March of next year or do you want to 
capitalize in today's market. Right. And if we're buying and selling in the same market, it becomes a wash anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So Adam's saying correct, yeah. meaning I kind of narrowed down the scenario to what he was looking for. So thanks, Adam, for uh, I needed that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it is, you know, we're in, we get to work with a lot of clients like that because that's kind of, uh, you know, our age bracket, you know, we work with clients that are a little bit older and of course a little bit younger. The ones that are older are selling the big, big homes yes. and are they're becoming empty nesters or they don't want their kids living with them anymore. So yes. they get a smaller house. Absolutely. Uh, and it, it is tough. I mean, you can, you can look at this scenario, for instance, do I list in September or wait till the spring? Yeah. Typically the spring markets are always a little bit more, uh, active. Uh, I can tell you this most recent spring market took ages to actually start. Yeah. And really was only about four weeks. And now not we're, even yeah. well, in new market, we experience almost a new market aurora. We experienced two weeks of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I should probably retract that. You're absolutely right. It was really short lived and, you know, at the end of this week here in Toronto, here in Canada, like all the kids are done school. Yeah. Like we're into summer already. Yeah. Like June has flown by and we did the majority of our sales in May and at that short little window. So everyone gets excited about the spring market, but because of our local weather and other scenarios or other, other things, or other factors, we didn't, we didn't have the spring market we typically have. No, with that being said, where there was, you know, due to the weather and so on, or spring started late, do you think the dip that we usually see in July, August, that dip might not be there this year? I guess that's, there's that potential. Okay. All the people that didn't sell in, Ju- or sorry, in May or in June, yeah. are still looking to sell in the summer months. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've got a home to bring to market, it would be my recommendation to hold off until perhaps the fall and let the number of sales dwindle down a little or let the uh, inventory dwindle down a little bit. But again, if your motivation is to move and, and everyone's motivation is different, I think you have to have the appropriate conversations. Um, if you're happy where you are and it's good for another year or two years, then, then wait, what do we do? Mm-hmm. The one thing we do notice is time is a great resource for real estate. Okay. Always is, yeah. Good question, Adam. Good question. Um, what other things do we have here? Uh, let's talk about lead gen a little bit for the realtors that have been watching. Uh, what lead gen formulas are you doing to get more deals done? I'll have you go with that first. Yeah, I've, I just do what Colin does. So what do you do? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, 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 let's let's call it what it is. Uh, last last winter or November December, the coach I was working with, uh, Leanne, just asked me a simple question: What do you do differently and do more of it? Mm-hmm. And and one of those things was obviously this podcast and doing more videos and things like that. So that there's that line out there: you double down on on your lead gen activities. Yes. Um, but if you you, you got to choose one that you're just going to absolutely love and do, and you got to do more of it. And and this is this is one of those things. Uh, for for us, what we're doing, we're looking at what three pillars, uh, three pillars of uh, lead gen. Um, first, uh, we're on the phones. We do a lot of cold calling, uh, so we do that. Uh, secondly, we are working on our database, which will create repeat and. Um, repeat business and that just becomes systematic so every year we know we'll have x amount of deals out of our database and third it's uh open house open house yeah Yeah. cool yeah 
Cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm just responding to people. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, th- thanks, Adam, for the question. Um, yeah, it, it is really just doing those that, you know, it's easy to say, go the extra mile, do the extra thing. But uh, sometimes some sometimes doing the extra mile isn't the right mile to take right you, you got to choose an avenue that's going to you know have an ROI on it absolutely sure, right? absolutely if you're you know and so, and especially in a shifting market um yeah. you know Here's where, where you're dialing back on money spent on online leads and so on just yeah. double down. Yeah, Gary Semenek has a good point. Uh, systems commitment to lead gen and follow up. That's you know we all have our systems, and if you don't get yeah. into a system, and that simple system can be you. I mean, you're good at it. Every morning you're on the phones. Yeah, that's yeah. a system. Yeah, absolutely. And what Gary says, the systems it, it brings it back to the formula that I mentioned earlier. You know, lead gen equals lead follow ups. Lead follow ups equals appointments. Appointments equals contracts. Contracts equals money in the bank. Money right? in the bank. You don't have money in the bank, it comes back to... Money in the bank. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have enough money in the bank, it comes back to, are you doing enough lead gen, right? Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. I think we have another another question here. Oh, hang on. Let's get uh, Pierre has a good point here. Dis- discipline is rarely enjoyable, but almost always profitable. Yes, my man, preach it. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, first, uh, obviously. Obviously, I love it, Pierre. Um, Here's a good question. Hang on, let me flip this one down and bring this one back up. How many investment streams should one have? One as in an agent, one as in- Person. Maybe that should read person. Okay. Multiple. Multiple. (laughs) That's my one word answer. Yeah. Multiple. Yeah. Um, I'm looking for the appropriate sound effect. (laughs) Don't. Don't. (laughs) Here we go. You're the best. (laughs) Yes. uh, We definitely need to have multiple streams of income because we've seen that all the successful um, individuals, uh, whether the top, you know, billionaires in the world, there's no one single stream of income. And we know the majority of those guys, guys and gals, are a lot of their wealth comes from real estate. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and it's the spinoff things like being, being a realtor. I was, somebody had asked me that the other day. And of course we had the sales from doing buying and selling homes, you know, but that's an active stream. I'm, yes. I'm a participant in that. Uh, I operate a team. So there's a stream of income, just like yes. you, we have profit share within Keller Williams and yes. other agencies have something similar. Um, then we have our investment properties Yes, and we haven't even started talking about stocks or anything else. No. Yet, right. And like, you can deep, dig deep into that. You know, yeah. um, the goal is to have as many, income streams as possible. Yeah. My goal is to have at least 25 income streams. Love it. I'd like to see that. Make it happen. Well, that is the goal. Cool, cool. 25 different income streams or sources? Sources. Okay, good. Because you could have five investment properties providing income. Yeah. Is that one one source? That's one source. Okay, cool. I like it. That's got to get creative, right? You can only be creative by by doing that. So you know what time it is, my friend. What time is this? It's it's this. It's this. Oh. Hang on, hang on. on. Here we go. So usually this is uh, the the rapid fire questions where we ask our guests. And seeing as we're doing a little different format today, we're going to ask each other some of these questions. So I chose all the good ones. To add, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Let me hear. Okay. So we were laughing off camera. Uh, who is your first celebrity crush? Oh, 
I can't remember. <laughs> okay, without a doubt. I am serious. You need to listen to this. He asked me, remember that show, Murder, She Wrote, or whatever it was? I'm like, Angela Lansbury? Are you kidding me? No, her name just popped in my head, and I don't know why. As I said, uh, many, many times before, when people give their answers to these don't rapid fire, don't, don't read much into it, or you're in trouble. All right, ask me one. Te- talking or texting? Um, talking. Uh, favorite season? Summer. Really? Yeah, for sure. Spring is mine. Good for you. Okay. (laughs) Is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? Uh, Absolutely no way. And first celebrity crush goes out to Adam Norborn, Heather Locklear. Yes, sir, my man. Wow. Okay. (laughs) I can do two things, three things I want to. Places you you most want to travel to? Um, Australia. Oh. That whole realm, like uh, the Pacific coast there for sure. It's just like Canada. Great. Except they speak with a different accent. Okay. All right. And so do we. Koala bears, mate. Yeah. Cheers, we, you know mate. who we have to bring on the podcast one time, speaking of Australia? Our buddy oh, Brad. Oh, Brad. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, we should reach out yeah, to him. Yeah, Next time sure, he's in the country, sure. we'll okay. reach out. Uh, would you rather have cake or pie? Why not both? Oh, good good answer. Uh, coffee or tea or none? None. I yeah, don't I know. That's anything. why I added the none. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Godfather or Star Wars? American Gangster. Huh. It's not an answer here. <laughs> well, it's got to be the Godfather. Then. Godfather. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, here, here we are. Favorite junk food. Well, this will be interesting. You don't get into I a lot of junk food. I don't eat a lot of junk food. That's not the answer that we're looking for. Favorite junk food. I don't know. Burgers. Yeah. Is burger uh, junk food? No. No? No, I do not classify a burger as junk food. Okay. I don't know that. Uh, okay. I think I'd have to go with either. I go between sweet and salty, so I default to chips, though. Okay. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Let's do a couple more each year. Um, <laughs> are women complicated? Yes, and they're they're smartly complicated. I don't know how to answer that. How many sleeps? Uh, uh, how many? Hours? How many sleeps do I need in a day? About nine. What? <laughs> oh, I yeah. like this. If you can ask God one question, what would it be? Uh, that is a solid question. Um, if you could ask God one question, what would it be? Um, I don't know, actually. Really. I don't know. You know, I'm a godly man too. I, yeah. I, I, that, I just don't know. Okay. All right. Yeah. Stale sour patch kids or fresh circus peanuts? Peanuts. Cool. Very cool. Okay. Last one. Did you climb a mountain or jump from a plane? Uh, I want to. I want to skydive. So jump from a plane. Jump from a plane. There yep. you have it, my friends. Uh, Rapid fire. Wow. And we did that right at the end of the music. That's pretty cool. Wow. I don't know how we did that. All right, let's get into uh, some of the lessons that we've learned uh, from some of our favorite of our guests. guests. Okay, a little shout out here to Pierre, though, because his favorite junk food is milk duds or dudes or whatever they are. Milk dudes here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's talking about us <laughs> or the junk food. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Funny, funny, funny. So we had a number of guests on the show. And, um, you know, one of our first guests, obviously, is is our good friend Ian Sabo. Uh, that's episode two. It just got really hot in here, didn't it? Yeah, there's a rapid fire. A ra- yeah, it's because we had the fire. Yeah, that's right, Pierre. Bring on the fire. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and Ian's podcast was legit like this, too, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, Ian... Uh, 
Ian, it was just a great guess. And a lot of my takeaways from Ian was that here was someone who, you know, had so many learning disabilities and constantly he just kept raising the bar. You know, he was a chef. Then he was a, you know, an investor. Well, he continued to invest throughout all of this, but he was a chef, a contractor renovator. Then he became an author, then a, a real estate agent, just constantly pushing the bar. And my lessons learned from Ian is just keep pushing. Keep pushing. I, I think what I liked about him was, or what I do admire about him is there's so many life circumstances where he could have just said, nope, my ceiling's here. Yes. He was put in all the right or wrong uh, environments to say, my ceiling's here. And he's like, yeah. what ceiling? He, yeah, didn't even, yeah. he didn't even... Broke through yeah, everyone. Just, exactly. You're, you're and, on a short bus where you can barely read and write. Forget that. I'm going to go write a book. Yeah. Like, who does that? Who does Ian that? Ian Zabo. Ian Zabo. Episode two, if you want to get more of Ian's story. Uh, just an amazing story where, you know... As we kind of alluded to, everyone kind of pushed him down, and and he didn't stand didn't stand for it. No, and no. He, he just did it. Um, one of our other good friends that we had on the show was Quentin D'Souza on episode three. The Q man, the Q man, and uh, Quentin is. He is an quintessential. amazing quintessential. Quintessential. There we go. It's like almost breaking out in song here. Um, Quentin is. I mean, he's an educator at heart. He just wants to help people and um, just the way he, he goes about his business uh, is very systematic. Yes. But the one thing I got from Quentin is, yeah, I can go own 30 properties, 40 properties, 60 properties, or even a lot more in his case. Uh, he still has tons of time for his family, you know, his kids, himself. Yes. Yes. And, and whereas a lot of people would get into that environment. And, and just be so bogged down, but he's created systems around himself that, that shields that, that protects that. Absolutely. And this is someone, you know, to even learn more about Quentin episode three, like he's such an inspire, inspiring character. Um, and this was a, a guy who was a teacher, you know, making a six figure income and he left that to pursue his dream. Yeah. Right. So that he can spend more time with his family and create more so create freedom for him and his family. So big shout out to Quinton. Uh, episode three there. Brilliant uh, words from him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and one of my favorite podcasts that we've done has been one of the most popular, in fact, is Dion Begg, episode four. And uh, Dion's a mortgage broker with, um, oh my gosh, I can't even remember where he's from. He's the spot of the show. That's terrible. But connect with Dion on uh, episode four. And I love his Butler message. Mortgage. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, Butler Mortgage. Uh, he he loves teaching people. He has a great message for people about, you know, do you want to pay off your home uh, in the next 10 years? Uh, yes. Most people say yes to that. Yes. Uh, have more wealth during retirement. Yes. Uh, uh, yes. Have more money so you can send your kids through school. Yes. Yes. And with those three questions, he's he's really created a really unique way of looking at investment properties, but also bringing and attracting people and, and business to himself. Right? That's what it's done. But because he does that, he helps so many other people, whether it's, you know, think about, think about a mortgage broker that creates business for other people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's what you should be doing, creating business and opportunity for other people. I Absolutely. love that about Dion. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, 
the other neat guest that we had on and something you and I have both have quite a bit of experience in is rental with Rachel Oliver. Yes. Yeah. You've had some, some good, good yes. experience. Uh, it's funny because uh, my experience with rental has only been positive. I know uh, I'm one of the few that have had all positive experience with rental. Uh, but Rachel Oliver, is, she was just great because again, she has those systems in place to find you the right, to find you the right tenant. Uh, who's going to own the home in a couple of years. And the way she's uh, systematically done it and created a business out of this, uh, kudos to her. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, last night I sent you a text because I was listening to this podcast again, Lorraine Jordan. Lorraine Jordan. Wow. Yes. (laughs) That's all Uh, I need to say. Uh, An amazing business leader. Of course, we admire her for, you know, who she is and uh, she's, but, you know, we always want to surround ourselves with people that have been there and done that. Yeah. Uh, for us, we're building real estate businesses. Uh, she's been there and done that and continues to grow. She hasn't stopped. Yes. She, and she's been in the business 30 years. She looks like 35, 36. <laughs> no, she, um, yeah, I'm sending this to her. So keep, keep going. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but just the way she, she keeps raising the bar every single time. And, what I love about Lorraine is the people around her. She pushes them to think bigger. And those are the people you want in your world. Yeah. The thing that got out of Lorraine's podcast, I uh, listened to it again last night was, uh, yeah, surrounding yourselves with the right people. Yep. Uh, you know, she, she told this story where she was doing about 150 transactions a year. And it was for about five or six years in a row. She kept hitting that 150, 160, 150, 160. And then she surrounded herself with the right people. And now she just blasted right through that. Right? Through the stratosphere, of course. Yeah. I I thought that was really, really, really cool. Very cool. Um, and, and after Lorraine, uh, one of the guests that we brought on here was for uh, was Ryan Carr. Ryan Carr in episode seven. Um, he just a killer, man. Like, uh, I was blown away by Ryan. Blown away by him because um, I wish I was taking big steps when I was... At his, that age? At that age. Because yeah. Ryan is what? Early 20s, mid-20s? Yeah, mid-late 20s. Yes. And and if you don't know Ryan's story, uh, maybe you heard of it. Uh, tiny house. He built this tiny house down in Oshawa. Uh, that's just one of his projects. But um, uh, he, he he's a guy, he's an investor that will look at properties as opportunities, meaning how can I add value? How can I add income? How can I add suites? Can I tear down the single family home and put up two townhouses with basement suites? That's how he looks at it. Yep. And uh, there's there's not a moment throughout the year where he doesn't have an application in for a permit. Absolutely. Right? He's always doing something, which is really cool. He's got a number of projects on the go, and, and uh, I really, really, really like that one. Um, this one was cool. Michelle Morgan. Yeah. Ah, uh, it's funny because uh, a, a lot of women still tell me about the Michelle Morgan podcast, which, you know, um, what, what is it? Wealth uh, Women. Yeah, Build Her Wealth. Build her, build her Wealth. And for her to just create a niche around that is, uh, I think it's just brilliant. Kudos to her who's creating a big business out of that. And yeah. I remember her saying her goal is to create eight millionaires. That's right. You called her out on it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That you could tell because she got really excited and yes. nervous at and the same nervous time. And nervous at the same time. Yeah, However, she's sure. pushing the people in our... Yeah. 
circle, right? Yeah. What I admire uh, about Michelle and with, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a realtor or not a realtor, here's somebody that saw an opportunity and saw a niche and tackled it head on. Yes. And, and now that niche is providing an ROI for us. So if you're, you know, if you're, if you're an entrepreneur, you're a business person, you look for that niche and dive into it. That's exactly what, what, uh, Michelle has done. Um, we should probably just skip this one. Marvin Alexander. <laughs> but here's what we know. He's probably not on Facebook watching. And if he is, it's Lori <laughs> or, or his lovely wife, right? Yes. It's funny because my biggest takeaway from Marvin is sometimes when you have a vision and nobody else believes in it, still go with it. Still go. Oh, nice. Yeah. And just go head on. Yeah. Like his vision was to create this company. And even no one else around him believed that it would be possible, right? Look at where we are today. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out. Yeah. Have, and, and, and the more people he's helping, his vision just keeps, you know. It just keeps bigger getting bigger and bigger. And bigger. Yeah. That was really cool. That, that was a fun episode to actually do. Yeah. Um, and this one, this one's actually getting a lot of traction. I was looking at the stats uh, the other night and uh, our good friend, Toto Yordanoff, who we've known for many, 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 many years. And again, here's somebody that saw a niche and jumped at it. And Toto's main business is, um, is pre-construction condos. And he's just killing it there. Absolutely killing it there. So if you want to learn about buying pre-construction episode 10 is definitely the one uh he talks about so he talks about a few projects but really uh, why people are doing it um he talks about it's less of a flip type opportunity now yes uh long-term investors are now buying pre-construction of course and and i thought that was really interesting because we've always just assumed as condo flippers just another or a bunch of investors buying a bunch of condos and that that stigma still is there. However, it's really changed. The mindset has changed from, yeah, we can buy this today. We'll flip it in two or three years when it comes to when, when it's ready. And that opportunity isn't there because the spread has become smaller and smaller yes. and smaller. So now you got to keep it long term. Yep. All right. And, and we're seeing, we're seeing a lot of that pre-construction. So, so that, that was pretty good. And, and our most recent, um, podcast that we did the, the guest that we had on was christina clement andrew bolton episode 11 these are two big hitters in the industry mm-hmm. um and i was listening to this podcast recently and it was such a wealth of knowledge that was shared in this one um and these are both guys who do things completely different yeah Right. And it shows you that no matter who you are in this industry, you follow your path, you can be extremely successful at it. Yeah. Yeah, right. for sure. You know what? You know, having them here, because that was the first time we actually had two guests on at the same time. And this just kind of popped into my head now. Uh, the format that we did today with some of the questions, I'd love to do that again with other agents. You know, mm. something kind of like that round table. Yes. And, and uh, just us, you know, it's not a debate, but it's just, you know, different ideas on the table. Yes. Yeah. Right. Because that's how, that's how you and I grow. That's how a lot of people grow just by having those conversations and understanding um, pe- other people's mindset. Because yep. if I'm tunnel visioned, I will never understand another one's opinion yes. and that that could change my life Absolutely. or that could change the course of my my realtor business or my investment business and and I, I think we need to be listening to others more and you find anyone with a growth mindset will 
surround themselves with people and they'll mastermind and they'll they'll share ideas and they'll take a few and implement uh it's the it's the ones who you know think we know it all and we don't need to grow and i think once you get into that rut is when you i truly believe when you stop growing you start dying yeah right yeah look at it so we did it look at the time (laughs) we did Uh, it man we um, did it is there anything else you want to say before we start wrapping this up yeah so no okay (laughs) (laughs) i love throwing you curveballs he just gives me that look that one eyebrow look (laughs) well all right guys uh it was a blast. I can't believe the time went so fast. Um, you were tuned into the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast with your favorite hosts, Sir Colin right. Campbell and Gary A. McGowan. There we signing go. out. As we as we close off, I always get in touch with us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, you know, all the like Spotify, everything. And yeah. And uh, we're kind of wrapping it up for the season, but we do have a few little things we're working on for the summer and uh, lining up the guests for the fall. Uh, we're going away, but we're not going away. So Absolutely. keep looking out for us and, and uh, there'll be a lot of cool things happening. So everyone have an amazing summer. Don't forget to uh, still reach out to us with your questions and hottest day of the year. Love it. Okay. Bye for now. Take care, guys. Bye. This is Dion Begg from Butler Mortgage. For the past 15 years, I've helped families answer the big three financial questions. How do I pay off my home faster, pay for my kids' education, and build wealth for retirement? We answer these questions through helping plan and fund significant investment property portfolios. If you're a first-time buyer or buying your first or 10th investment property, please reach out for a free consultation so we can ensure you build the best portfolio possible. Search for mortgagesbydion.com or call me at 800-518-518. 1-2-2-1